0: Hello, this is international football commentator Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Ranks FC podcast. Hello Ranks squad and welcome to Ranks FC and the fourth episode this week don't say we don't spoil you this was originally actually going to be a two part we were going to split liga and the premada into one episode but we had so much fun talking with alex that we actually decided that it should go out on its own have its own platform to stand on so we come to you with one final preview episode for this week we will of course go to spain and italy next week in those preview shows so it means that we're going to have six preview episodes in our season, big season preview special series my name is jack collins and joining me today mr sam the rank god how you doing mate mate still here still ready to go new league let's go let's do it let's do it we keep running and our transfer guru mr dean jones but dj you are taking on a different role today we're doing a big drum roll role switch
1: well at least I've got a role this time I've missed the, I've been on the last two so thanks for including me on this one um, thanks for making me worthy and thinking oh we could get him to ask some questions of us and make him feel like he's worth having as part of the team so thanks
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate you know we work around you this is the, no, no, uh, the no, no. I appreciate you fun. for
1: carrying the last two really so th- th- cheers for that yeah, and Dean we've got...
0: here just trying to
2: fob off his childcare concerns is <laughs> something completely different
1: yeah summer holidays are ridiculous um complete chaos over here so thanks anyway um let's start yeah by um reflecting on the season in Portugal last season and just you know remember where we were at when Porto the mighty Porto um won the league so they won the league with 91 points and finished six points clear of sporting in second um Benfica came up in third and then Braga were the best of the rest and they came fourth. Now there was a lot of disparity really though between the numbers of all these league positions. So I said, see Porto won the league by six points. Sporting were 11 points clear of Benfica in third and in turn they were nine points clear of Braga in fourth. So Porto and Sporting were quite clear of the rest. Um, and now into the new season, we're going to break down, or you two are going to break down. Um, whether this is going to become any closer, whether it's again going to be a two-horse race, I guess, or whether Benfica can lodge a better challenge to catch them. Um, I doubt anybody else is going to be in the conversation at the end of the season, but you never not know. For the ti-
0: not for the title, I don't think. No, I don't That's... think
1: for the title, but you never know. Might, might, someone might be able to get in third, so let's see whether they can do that. I think no, it just makes sense to start with FC Porto. Um a team we've obviously seen the most of last season, got to see them in person a couple of times. Um, Hopefully we do that again. But um, where have they changed? What do you see happening for this team of reigning champions?
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting thing because obviously this is, yeah, Porto last season were brilliant. They broke the Primera record. They got 91 points. Um, You know, we're, we're looking here at a spell of dominance. They won three of the last five league titles. It feels like they are, you know, the team to beat, not just as Iranian champions, but kind of the team who are, you know, most dominant in this era. And I think that's quite interesting. I think what else is kind of new here is that we're looking at Porto and over the last few years, they have won titles despite losing their best players time and time again. Um, but this is probably uh, Conceição's biggest challenge yet because, you know, much as he squeezed so much out of, of out of players and, and and squeezed so much out of of the teams around him, he lost Luis Diaz in January. Um, he's now lost Vitinha and Fabio Vieira. There's a lot going on here. Where you're like, where is your creativity coming from, and and how do you get the boat messed out of these? And you know, players who were important bit part players. Sau has sold his son, which is kind of mental. <laughs> um, sold his son. <laughs> I wanted to, to do
1: that over the summer holidays too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: it's very, very uh, it's very Abraham, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, Abraham <laughs> on the altar. Isaac's gone to uh, gone to Ajax. So um, yeah, Conceicao has gone to gone to Ajax. And I think what's interesting, we look at this Porto team, is yes, obviously there are always players that are stepping up, and what we've seen is players stepping up from, you know, the the academy and from the youth groups and and able to kind of kick into this first team and make a difference time and time again. But this feels like a big blow. These three, kind of in a six-month period, Diaz, Vitinha and Fabio Vieira, mean, feels like Porto have lost quite a lot of their creative hub, Sam, would be my kind of overall takeaway. The, The kind of flip of this is that I think they are better... Defensively than they were last season. They brought in David Carmo from from he He's a player that Liverpool were interested in a, a few years back. He had a nasty injury, recovered from that, played well towards the back end of last season, and then you know has now and now come to Porto to basically be the the replacement for Chancellor Bemba. I think they're stronger at centre-back than they were last season. They've got younger, obviously, but also I I just really like David Carmo. So we're at a position here where they've probably strengthened in terms of keeping goals out, but in terms of actually creating them, it feels like they're in a very odd little place.
2: True, but Sergio conte will be delighted with that because he's a notoriously cautious coach, isn't he? Um, And the way he sets up his team, even though he has... Over the last, you know, three or four years, often had the very best players in the league at his disposal and some of the best attackers that the league has ever seen. In in the likes of Luis Diaz, um, yeah, the tendency has been to be let's not concede and build from there. Even with the very best side, even with a dominant team, he's been a bit cautious. Now that's not a criticism because he's now won what the most silverware in, as a Porto manager in history or, or is, tied, yeah. is tied for first. I mean, the Super Cup win over tondela put him right at the top of the tree. So the guy is successful, but he's cautious. So, you know, trading out Vitinha and Fabio Vieira and Luis Diaz, but bringing in David Carmo, who is a brilliant young centre-back, he's probably delighted. We're all sat here going, where's your creativity? How are you going to serve up Meditoremi for all those chances he needs? He doesn't care. He's keeping loads of clean sheets. So it's all right. But they have brought in a player, uh, a very exciting attacking midfielder, a winger in Gabriel Veron from Palmeiras, who, friend of the pod, Harry Brooks, absolutely adores and compares him to Alexis Sanchez in parts, which is always a good first step. Um, The last player I think he compared to Alexis Sanchez was Rafinha, who... Uh, has been a pretty damn good player as well so great stock there and that's the that seems like the attacking spark that's the that's the pickup they've made maybe there's more business to be done I don't know um but ultimately with Stephanie Eustacchio signing permanently and presumably coming in for a bigger role and David Carmo replacing Mbemba and massively upgrading on Mbemba, let's be let's be honest in defense we're all worried about it con is probably like yeah this is good I'm happy with this
0: yeah, I mean, yes, to a point, I think is the, uh, it would be the, the trigger I use. Uh, you look at this midfield now and look, Gabby Varon, I think coming in is is very, very exciting, right? And I completely agree. But when you, when you look at this midfield, you, you kind of expect the starting pair now to be Stachio and Krujic, which is stock, it, it's kind of <laughs> sticky, isn't it? It's a sticky pair. They're, they're, they're not letting much go past them. And, you know, Vitina's absence there is an interesting one the other point to be had there is kind of you know where how does this kind of change up through the season and obviously we will see more players break through now Romario Barros come back from that loan spell at uh, Estorio Praia and I wonder I wonder if he gets those kind of minutes as the kind of rotation piece in this middle here especially with Sergio Oliveira coming back from that loan spell at Roma and then moving straight on to Galatasaray you know, it does feel like there's this space in this Porto squad for someone to step up. And, and I don't mean be a hero in terms of, you know, not going to be scoring last minute goals. I, I don't think that's where we're kind of at with this side at the moment, but I think it's kind of who can step up and, and be part of, part of Konsei Sal's unit because that's what ultimately he's best at. Right. Um, and you have, you have obviously Mateus Uribe in there as well, who, you know, it, it's going to be one of two of, you'd imagine Uribe, Grujic, um, and Estacchio. And I think what you're looking there is, uh, is okay, who that's fine. And that's all well and good. Who plays wide of them? Pepper had a, at a season where he didn't, he was, he was good for the most part. Galeno didn't really break out after, you know, returning from Blaga. I think more was expected of him. Maybe this is the time he gets those moments. Um. So, so yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot to be very interested in, 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 terms of where this team look and, and how they, how they look. And Otavio will, will probably hold down one side. Um, the good news for Porto fans is they've held on to Taremi and, and Evan Nilsson, at the least while we record this. Uh, and those two are a goal scoring phenomenon up front. And, and and that isn't probably going to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah exactly. 100%. It's just it's
2: a really deep squad. They can look from within and, and ask for more from likes of the, the other Pepe and, and Wenderson Galeno stepping stepping into the limelight a little bit more. Otavio is, br- is brilliant. Evan Nilsson is brilliant. Uh, Toremi scores 20 goals a season as long as he gets the right service and they've signed Gabriel Varon like uh, it's not ideal but it's not bad at all and given that they've they've bought in David Carmo for a a Portuguese record internal transfer um, they've got a pretty solid base to work off still so I'm I'm relatively optimistic still.
1: They are also the team to beat right now like um, three titles in five years. Like it's it's a small dominance, but it is a dominance um, of Portugal right now. So they'll be looking to to build on that. And look, you know, there's more reason probably than ever for people to be watching Portuguese football too if you get the chance, because it is the place that all the other leagues are going shopping now for like their, their next big stars. Like we had Bruno Fernandes that kind of set it, um, set it all up. And then, yeah, uh, obviously Luis Diaz, Darwin, Vitinho, Fabio Vieira, Fabio Vieira all um, just some of the names that are following them into into big transfers and going to make big moves at other clubs so yeah some interesting stuff obviously YouTube were on the ball early doors with a lot of those so um, well done for making ranks have some sort of decent reputation because I wouldn't know who they were (laughs) We should typically go probably onto Sporting as second, but I'm not going to. I'm going to switch it over to Benfica. Um, Sam, you know loads about Benfica, so I'm going to basically flip this because Jack's just talked a lot. And I reckon mm-hmm. you could probably give the lowdown on whether Benfica can mount a more serious title challenge from last season when, to be frank, they didn't really.
2: I think they'll be a lot better this season, uh, but I think that's a that's a pretty safe argument. They've they've made big changes um, and they've brought in a new manager, Roger Schmidt, um, from PSV Eindhoven, formerly of Bayer Leverkusen. He's a very good manager. Um, he is of the Red Bull stock. We've been talking about that quite a lot recently, haven't we, through the mm-hmm. Bundesliga preview and more. Um, there are always questions as to how that kind of uh, management style Which wants to play in transition and using counter pressing. How does that work when you are one of the three big, big fish in a league where the disparity of quality and the financial disparity is so stark that ultimately Benfica have, you know, a squad that is 10 or 15 times better than the bottom feeders in this league. And therefore, you are naturally going to dominate the match, dominate the ball. How does that play style transition over? Well, it was pretty good with PSV. So let's see how it goes here. But what definitely helps is he gets the best out of some of the players here that I think maybe Benfica needed to get a little bit more out of, like Florentino Luis, who just hasn't really taken off. But I do f- have a feeling that Florentino Luis is going to be Roger Schmidt's new Ibrahim Sangare at Benfica, uh, just an all-action midfield patroller who just breaks things up and, and, and sends it forward, a really influential role in midfield. They've bought Enzo Fernandez from River Plate, who is like... I'm starting to wonder if maybe he might be going right to the very top. Exceptional talent. David Neres, a, a, a transfer that we absolutely love. He's already started extremely strongly in the Champions League qualifier. Gonzalo Ramos has a hat-trick. Rafa Silva is still very, very good. And Morato is back as well from a long-term knee injury. He ducked out halfway through last season. He was actually one of the, the few bright spots, I thought, at left centre-back for Benfica last season. It was a real shame to lose him. So, lots of things coming together here all at once which is making me think that Benfica are going to be a significantly improved team this year not just to watch but also in terms of churning out results closing that gap to Porto because guys I it kind of got brushed under the carpet just a little bit but because of their Champions League campaign but last season was a disaster for Benfica and you made that very clear there dean when you just read out how far away they were from the title from the 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 title chase in inverted commas they were so far off it what was it 17 points in the end 11 and, and 6 together it was it's ridiculous uh, a ridiculous margin for benfica yeah yeah
1: like 74 points in third and yeah porto won it with 91 so
2: ter- absolutely terrible ter- i know mm. porto like you know they they set a record i i get it like as a high standard but that's galling you know, for the great rivals to be that far apart for the red side anyway. So
1: this has to be... Yeah, I mean, they lost six games. They they lost six games. Porto lost one game all season. So they were never going to come close to challenging for the title with that in mind and and sporting they lost 3 games so you know losing 6 games in that division just doesn't actually give you a chance of actually winning the title
2: not at all so much improved for benfica i think in terms of signings the managerial switch getting more out of the players they already had maybe out on loan maybe elsewhere and just you know a returning injury or two uh, generally would be a bit more optimistic for them as well so i think it will be a a much better top 3 this time around in terms of how close it is Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about this Benfica side, um, and I don't see that very often. But it, you know, it does feel like he's got a system and a kind of some partnerships in here that that feel like they're they're really starting to to click already. Now we watched them absolutely batter Michelin in in midweek, and uh, Enzo Fernandez scored a, a wonderful goal. David Neres was cooking. Um, it was it was really quite enjoyable to watch, um, and and I think this is the thing. And Gonzalo Ramos scored a hat trick. Um, playing as the kind of lead striker now reports out of portugal suggest that he doesn't Smith doesn't want him uh, and he wants to sell him Which because makes he's no pretty sense happy to at all but he, he felt I, him
2: coming in this summer I was looking at the striking core and I thought you'll love ramos he runs and runs and runs and runs some more and he's only 20 he's got loads of loads of room to improve so the idea that they want to sell him and keep the much more kind of solitary yaramchuk does it does feel weird, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he scored a lot of goals in in preseason. The the thing is that they have three strikers. Well, I mean, I don't know how much of this is 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 you know the fact that the there is money on the table by all accounts. Yeah. For uh, for Gonzalo Ramos, um, and and also you look at this kind of squad and you, you think Enrique Araujo's there, Roman Uremchuk's there, they signed Peter Musa, who was brilliant for Boa Vista last year. Um, and there's someone else in this squad that just for the life of me can't remember his name. Is it is it Rodrigo Pino they signed last summer who we've basically seen nothing of. Um, but equally, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of strikers in this side. Um, and considering that it appears that the Rafa Silva has been re, you know, re engaged into this project because there were rumors of him leaving as well. The fact that it looks like he is in this mix. Now, now is just going to be there. You've got, you know, Joao Mario on the other side, who, who seems, you know, reborn again in, in this Benfica side. There's a lot of, there's a lot of options here. So I can understand that if there is money on the table for one player, it's, you know, you're going to sell them, but equally, I wouldn't, he's not the player I would be selling in, in, in this setup and in this mix, but Benfica do look like they've, they've got their stuff together. And I think it takes us on because what, what I think what we're going to see this year, and, and I suppose this is relatively rare is a genuine three horse title race. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It seems like, uh, there has been talking in Portugal of, of there being a three horse race, um, See, it would be handy uh, from a from a neutral point of view. If that was to be the case, we want more reason to watch these leagues, and that would definitely um, add to the intrigue for for sure. I'm just trying to get out the odds here to see who how the how the bookies are pricing it up. Well, they've got they've gone as you'd expect. Yeah, I was just wondering if they'd managed to push Benfica ahead of Sporting, but they haven't. They've gone Sporting, Porto, then Sporting. And then Benfica. Port, I mean, porting
0: is what we're referring to the title races last year. I think
1: <laughs> <laughs> porting is what you do after a big night out, mate, when you're in the port. But um, what uh, what chances do you give Sporting then? How, what, what's going to be the their edge that could get them there?
0: Yeah, I quite like it. You know, I, I actually think that they've they've got some some interesting they've they've made some interesting business uh, over the course of this summer. And and when you kind of take into it into account who who left, you know, obviously they've lost. Palinha, who was a kind of heartbeat of that side that won the title, not last year, the year before, um, they, they they've lost some some big names in here, and some names I think that maybe you you'd think, okay, these are there's a lot of players here who who didn't necessarily work out, right? You, you had these kind of strange moments where lots of lots of players in here were signed with kind of big. Thoughts, Andras Spora was brought in. He's been sold to Panathinaikos. Gonzalo Plata was was brought in. He's been sold to Real Valladolid. Um, They've lost some kind of... A lot of the old guard have left... You know, Battaglia uh, has left. Bibedo's left. Sarabia has gone back to PSG in in terms of that loan spell, which was, you know, widely successful. I think, and and most people would would, would agree that his time at Sporting was was a success. He he was he was very much part of of the setup. Zoo Fidal, who came in as kind of an, a leader at the back has gone. Uh, Luis Philippe has gone. A lot of players with who were kind of touted as being big moments or, or big players for this side have have disappeared and and I think that they've they've lost a lot of the deadwood in this squad now in terms of bringing players in they've brought in Hiramasa Morita from Santa Clara who was excellent last year to kind of replace what Palinya did in the squad he's not the same Kind of plays nowhere near the same level of physicality, but definitely offers that kind of uh, scurrying defensive midfield role is how I would describe it. Um Jeremiah juice has come in from Mainz. I think it's a really, really good pickup uh, into this back three that Amorim looks like he's going to stick with. Um, Pedro Porro's deal was made permanent. We've seen uh, Chinkal come in on loan from Barcelona, which kind of covers off that Sarabia lost I think and Roshinha was brought in um from Victoria Guimaraes, uh which is another one to you know keep an eye on I think a, a, an interesting one but it seems like at this point there's you know this sporting squad is 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 in a nice place and and ultimately you're you're kind of looking at that and thinking okay your last year Porto was six points clear they sporting weren't miles off it um, I don't think there was there were questions to be asked here and there about things, but they didn't feel like they were they were miles off. At the moment, it looks like Pedro Gonzales is going to stay. Mateus Nunez is going to stay. Gonzalo Ignacio is going to stay. These are, you know, players who are very, very important to this side and very important to the way that Amorim plays. Um, and I think that w- when you look at how they did in in Europe last season, obviously they lost eventually to, to Manchester City. But. Manchester City, are Manchester City, they beat Dortmund in the group stages, they battered Besiktas. Um I think quite interestingly they they've really been shopping within the league. Um they brought in Marcus Edwards, now they've brought in Rashinia, right? These are these are players that they can continue to weaken the teams below them or the teams trying to catch up. Um and I, I think that you know basically they're on they're on a mission to make sure that Victoria Gimenez do not catch up with them. Um mm-hmm. obviously bought Mar- bought Marcus Edwards, Rashinia stepped up bought Roshina. Um so <laughs> you're like, okay, thanks very much. But um it, it just does feel like although they have the toughest start in this league, I think very much so on paper, um this is this is a side who, aside from the loss of Pallinia, I think, don't appear to have got particularly much worse they have brought in in different attacking options i think they struggled a bit last year to, to make to get games over the line at times um especially against their, their league rivals and and what i feel like is they've diversified that attack without particularly losing all that much edge they killed a lot of the deadwood i just feel like sporting are going to be in this conversation once again and, and i think that's a good thing for the league in general and obviously for, for this fan base Just looking at the fixtures and
1: look, Sporting have Braga on the opening Only weekend. Yeah. Op- yeah, so on Sunday, um, yeah, at Braga. Tough game that for Sporting. Um, A Braga the best of the rest, mate. I mean, we should probably just cover that. I mean, that they typically are. Is there any reason to believe that that won't be the case this time?
0: No, not really. Um they they are masters of of making things work despite them, you know, continually losing players, you know not just to, to the big three, but also to, you know, the rest of Europe. Um they they lost David Carmo, which is which is a relatively big hit, I think, on on, on everyone. Um they've also lost they had Diogo Lech on loan from Porto last season. So it feels like they've been a little bit light in the, mm. in that department. Um, what's been interesting, I think, is is also you have to bear in mind that Yankuto played a lot on the right hand side of this defense last week uh, last year, and he's gone back to Manchester City for now. Um, oh, he's gone on loan again now from them. But he's not going to be back in, uh, in, in no. Braga colors. Um, what they have done is they've kind of made some smart moves. They signed Simon Banza from Lens um for just under 5 million. It's the only bit of biz- you know the only bit of expenditure they've actually done so far. They've brought in Diego Linez. Uh, on loan from Real Betis, which I really like. I think he's the kind of player who might just find this as his ex- stage that he can he can really kind of kick things on. Um, and they brought in Victor Gomez from Espanyol and Nia Carte from Guingamp um, all on loan deals to kind of cover off those areas. I think this is it. It feels like the signings that have come in, you know, whether they are permanence, loans, whatever... Um, it does feel like they have covered off the areas that were problem areas and will kick on again. Um, Now, I don't think they're going to get any closer. I'll be be honest with you. I I think it's going to be a a difficult ask for them to get tighter to the the big three, especially with them all, as we say, either strengthening or staying still. Um, But I, I can't see anyone else from the rest of this division kicking up at them. Now, there's been some kind of weird moves below them. Obviously, Hilvicente Vicente finished fifth last year. They were a bit the kind of surprise package, enjoyable story that, that everyone liked. Uh, they've lost Samuel Lino to Atleti, um, which they got sort of five million for. So they'll, they'll be pleased about that. Um, but they've brought in a couple of interesting names. They brought in Kanya Fujimoto from, from Tokyo. Um, which is a bit of a random one, but they seem to have strengthened in kind of younger areas. Again, there's a lot of loan movements. It's worth pointing out probably at this point that almost nobody outside, you know, or, or, you know actually, you know what, not even outside, pretty much nobody in Portugal has either, has, has spent more than they've brought in this year. Um, everyone is in profit or like 40k of 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 debt it, it really does feel like nobody has got the money to invest in squads right now and that's perfectly reasonable given the state of of where the game is post uh, post covid and post all of these issues that we've had um but i thought it was an interesting point to make you know that often often the kind of movers and shakers within these divisions are, are actually the players that you know, the people that do best out of free transfers, who utilise the loan market well, who are able to take play, young players from from the big three who can shift them onwards a little bit and, and make a deal. And, you know, you see this with someone like Estoril, um, who have brought in, who have spent nothing and yet have brought in five, six free transfers and three loans. Um, And you're looking at the age group of this and it's 20-year-old Titouan Thomas, Thomas, uh, 23-year-old Philippe, 21-year-old mont Di, 26 26-year-old James Leah Saliki, who was was at Middlesbrough last year. He's come in for free from Rennes. Um, and then they've gone, okay, what have Benfica got to offer us? They've taken Pedro Alvaro and Tiago Arujo um, to kind of take off those things at centre back and left wing. Um, they've brought in Gonzalo Estevez from Sporting. Um, and then they've gone to kind of Juventus to to see if they can they can get anyone. They picked up Alejandro Marquez, who's been good for the Juventus under 23s and, and is due probably a breakout moment. So uh, Estoril interests me. Um, I, I think it's kind of going to be one of those where a lot of that is dependent on how they these players adapt to the league and how they adapt to senior football um they interest me and 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 Vittoria Guimaraes interests me as well they've they've had a a good start to their Europa Conference League campaign despite the fact that they are absolutely bloodbath behind the scenes um Pepper who was the uh, the manager for last season and and did well um was sacked by the new club president uh antonio cardoso um and basically they put to the b team boss in charge mm. um but they did really well in uh, in, the, in the their qualifier for the conference league they won 3-0 against push they were they were really good sam you'll be pleased to know that there are two players in this squad called jota and andre silva and they're none <laughs> of the ones that you know already um so there's another jota jota v4 has turned up ladies oh. and gentlemen to um to add to the rest, um, after Benfica sold Jota V3 to Celtic on a permanent deal, Jota V4 is now playing for Vitoria. So that's one to keep an eye on. Um, but aside from that, they've got another qualifier tonight, which is almost certainly going to be more difficult than their games against Pushgas, But um, we'll see how they get on. But they are definitely ones to watch, uh, I think, in terms of if they can push, if anyone can push Braga, I would suggest it's Vitoria Gimenez.
1: Mm, good stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um... Just looking at it, look, people who are listening to this, it, it might be that it's Friday right now. And if so, then the season begins probably right now. You might be listening to this and the, the season might be beginning right now. It might have already begun. they could be might Saturday have already begun, but you might be able to, straight off the back of this, uh, find a stream or a channel showing Benfica's opening game of the season. It's 8.15pm UK time on Friday. Um, so figure it out wherever you are. Uh, Aruka, is that how you spell it? Is that how you pronounce it? It is indeed, yeah, I think. Is that a walk in the park for Benfica
0: to get their season underway? It should be, considering the quality of opposition they've come up against in the in the Champions League. Um mm. but you know, no game is a gimme. No game is a gimme. Yeah. Um but especially opening day. But yeah, yeah you'd suggest you'd suggest that Benfica get off to a winning start on Friday night, yeah.
1: Yeah. There we go. Nice one, lads. Appreciate that. Um that'll probably be the last Portuguese content we do all season, but it was fun. Um I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it I'm won't kidding. Be. It. <laughs> It'll be the last Portuguese content ideal season. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Let me statement. just
0: rephrase that. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, nice one, lads. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, we'll be back. We've still got previews to do. What have we got left next week? We've got Spain and Italy.
0: Yeah, yeah we haven't decided in which order we're going to do them yet. So uh, that that's up for debate. But I on Monday and Wednesday, respectively, we're going to have Serie A and La Liga episodes. So um, they're, they're going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm very excited about talking about those two. Two leagues. Um, I think they're going to be brilliant seasons in both. Uh, so a lot to be excited for next week. And um, thank you if you've listened to all of these previews. Um, we we appreciate one your your commitment and dedication. Um, and two, thank you for for helping us out and, and and giving us the listens that that keep this podcast going. Um, then, do you want to do the thank yous? It's a roll on the host duty back off. Him no, no, yes, it, it,
1: it's all to I was like, yes, just just revert to type here, Jack. Just ru- just wrap up this podcast. This is your job. Get
0: he
2: back to it. took the reins out of your hands. I saw fine. it. I'm quite it happy. Se-
0: it was seamless as well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was. Like, I was seamless. hoping you were just going to seamlessly just cut off the episode and we were done. Well, now we've um, spent an, a minute talking about it, so that's really yeah. good
0: yeah it kind of has ruined it but here we are anyway we're going to finish it off Uh, all that's left for me to do is say thank you very much to host Dean Jones (laughs) I offered so much cheers Uh, thank you very much Sam Tai. cheers buddy I've been Jack Collins this has been Ranks FC with our Portuguese Primera season preview we hope you have enjoyed all the bonus content this week we'll be back next week talking about Serie A and La Liga have wonderful weekends enjoy the start of all of these seasons and we'll see you on Monday take it easy Peace.